Howdy ho everyone and welcome to another episode of Shark's Pond. A South Park podcast. Yes it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, today we're going to, we have a lot on our plate today. Because we're going to review an episode. And after we're done talking about that episode, we are going to go into another top ten list. And for those who did not listen at the end of last week's show, the topic that we are discussing is the 10 most important South Park episodes. And I'll tell you guys a little later who that list is from. So you guys are well aware of who came up with that list. So... The episode that we're going to be reviewing today is called The Wacky Molestation Adventure. And before we dig deep into this episode, um, I, I, I think we should say right off the record that we in no way favor molestation, molesting anyone. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, I think we talked a lot about this before. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing like it gets me uh, more angry than than uh, molestation. It's really, really awful. Yeah, but in the way that Trey Parker and Matt Stone do, almost said math. Um. Math, 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 Stone and Trey Parker. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they manage to make what would be considered a serious situation or a serious topic into how do we put this? One that isn't really that offensive, or at least the story presentation isn't. It is not offensive at all, and it's one of my favorite episodes of the season. I adore this episode, uh, mostly because I have a really strange and good relationship with Children of the Corn. Mm -hmm. I I love that movie. And there's so many movie references in this episode. Oh my gosh, yes. So many. So many. Um, so, we're not going to wait any longer. We're going to get into this right now. Yeah, take us through what happened in this episode. The episode is The Wacky Molestation Adventure. This episode originally aired December 13th, 2000. And we begin the episode at Kyle's house, where Kyle and Ike are playing catch. When all of a sudden the rest of the gang come up and Carmen is very excited because he got four tickets to see the Raging Pussies. And they can't believe it and they're really excited. So Kyle, being the responsible child that he is, says that he's going to go ask his parents if he could go see the Raging Pussies. So he goes to ask and you get the typical response. No! Why would we let you go to a band called the Raging Pussies? They're very inappropriate and not for children. So, Kyle 
told him that his parents wouldn't let him go. So Carmen explained that that's not what you should have done. What we did was I told my mom that I was going to stay at Stan's place for the night. And then Stan was like, yeah, and I told my parents that I was staying at Kenny's place for the night. And Kenny, well, he's not going to tell his parents because his parents are drunk all the time. Yeah, they don't care because they're poor. Pretty much. So then Kyle comes up with another way to ask his parents if he could go to the concert. So his parents say, okay, Kyle, we will let you go to see the show if you do these three things. If you clean out the garage, if you shovel all the snow from the driveway, and if you can bring democracy back to Cuba. So, Kyle then sits at his desk, and he starts writing a letter to Fidel Castro. And I got this reference right away. Fro, I don't think you did. Um... There is a there's a holiday special, Christmas special here, called The Year yep. Without a Santa Claus. Yep. And for those who have never seen it, first off, shame on you. You should see it. It's a it's an underrated yeah, it's, really good. it's an underrated classic. So in the spe in that special, because there there's a reason why I'm mentioning this. There's a part in the special where Santa gets these cards, because you know, he's not gonna do Christmas this year because people don't care about him anymore. Well, he gets this card from this little girl and she's writing it and she starts singing Blue Christmas, which is one of the better versions of Blue Christmas, actually, to be honest. That would be an interesting discussion of, like, oh, what's the best version of Little Drummer Boy? Of, yeah. You know, that would be a great conversation for another day. But. Definitely. So... You know, it's because of that letter from that little girl, because she cries writing the letter, and then Santa cries at the end reading it. You know, it encourages him to get back up and, you know, do Christmas. So, Kyle sings a song, sort of like that, while he's writing this letter to Fidel Castro. And this letter moves Fidel Castro, to the point that he's crying. And... Because of that letter, Fidel Castro proclaims democracy in Cuba. And it's, Yay! <laughs> and it's on the news that democracy has been brought to Cuba and American tourists are now allowed in. And it's all because of this little boy. And they show the picture of Kyle. And Kyle's like, see, I brought democracy back to Cuba. Can I go see the raging pussies now? And his parents are like, no, you still can't go. See, we knew you would do the first two. The third one was a joke. We really didn't think that you were going to actually do it. So yeah. this makes Kyle upset. So they all meet up at Kenny's house. And Kyle is still upset because he isn't allowed to go see the Raging Pussies, even though he brought democracy back to Cuba. Um, which, honestly, if my child had brought democracy back to Cuba, I would have given my child whatever he or she wanted for a month. Um, which is why I probably will never have kids and die alone. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, 
So, Carmen tells uh, Kyle, you know, there is one way you could get back at your parents. What's that? Well, you can call the cops and say that they molested you. And he's like, molested? And Carmen explains how one time his mom had a, had a boyfriend and they'd been dating for months and that he didn't really like him. So he called the police and said that this guy had molested him. And the police came and arrested him and he never came back. So he tries Kyle to see, you know, how he would do, um, you know, performing this. And, you know, at first it's like, it's eh, okay, but it could be better. But then yeah. he does it a second time and Carmen's like, he's ready. So we go back to Kyle's house and there are police all over and there's, you know, cameras and news there and we see the... It felt like an episode of something like uh, to Catch a Predator, mm -hmm. like after. It did. Because... Here's Sheila and Gerald. They're both getting arrested. And they're like, we never touched them. We never, you know, we would never hurt them. And, you know, as they're being put in the car, they ask, well, where are my kids going to go? Oh, they're going to go to their grandmother. My grandmother's been dead for three years. So they get taken away. And basically Kyle has the house to himself and then we get this montage what the I love this montage what the hell are you playing with sorry what is that sound it's in a helicopter that was a helicopter yeah that's a damn bouncy helicopter anyway so it's this great montage and it's uh, from Risky Business, the beginning is, and they're playing Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger, and we see Kyle, you know, he slides on the floor in his underwear with the glasses, and he's dancing, and, you know, he gets to do other stuff, like, he gets to go to the Raging Pussies concert, and he has a party at his house with all the kids there, and a couple of kids are like, this is real fun! Yeah, we should do what Kyle did. So all the kids called the police during this montage to say that they were molested. And each of the parents and the adults get arrested. And it's just everyone you can think of. And even Stan's sister gets arrested because she's about to beat up Stan. So... After the montage is done, the kids go out, you know, Main Street, and they're like, guys, you, you notice something? And they're looking around, and then one of them's like, there are no parents here. And they're, like, <gasps> and they're like, let me see. So Cartman picks up a rock. He throws the rock. It goes through a window, and... Mm -hmm. There's nothing. No yelling, no complaining. And they realize with, with the kids, 
you know, with the parents either arrested or moved away, they now have the town all to themselves. And that was the end of the episode. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Shortest episode ever. So we come back and we see this couple. Their name their names are Mark and Linda Kotner. And they're driving in the snow in Colorado and they're having a little bit of car trouble. And this is a big deal because Mark is supposed to have a big job interview tomorrow. So they go looking for gas and they go into South Park. But it's not South Park. Because as they go into town, they see that the sign has been painted over with the words Smiley Town. So they go to a garage and they are looking for anyone, you know, who works there. And, oh, well, here's Butters. Butters is there, and, you know, they, they ask Butters, where's the gas station manager? And he's like, oh, I, I'm it. I'm the gas manager. And so is Craig, but today Craig is a spaceman. So, you know, the, the Mark and Linda, they're confused. And they're, you know, they're, they're explaining that, look, I, this isn't a joke. I gotta get to this town because I got a big interview tomorrow. Can you please fix this car? And, you know, Butters says that he will. And um, they ask where the nearest phone is. And they say that the nearest phone is in Treasure Cove. So Craig walks Mark and Linda over to the, you know, to the border, to the line between Smiley Town and Treasure Cove. And they walk into Treasure Cove. So as they're walking, here comes a bunch of kindergartners. And the kindergartners, they're like, We want to play with you. Will you join and play with us? Please play. And they're, you know, they're not attacking, but they're like, jumping on the Mark and Linda, trying to play with them. And then the kids from Smiley Town, they start spitting uh, spitballs on them. And, you know, they manage to get Mark and Linda back over to their side of town. And that they're going to go see the mayor. Well, who do you think the mayor is? It's none other than Cartman. Because, you know... Cartman has to be the mayor. I I was so sure he was going to be the mayor. So, Cartman explains that, in, in short, that we had there are two books. We have one book. Treasure Cove has another book. And every night, somebody is sacrificed in a ritual called carousel and they tell or he tells them if you go into treasure cove and if you get the other book and bring it back to us we'll help you get 
your car fixed. We'll help you, you know, um, get out of here, get to your thing. And then, as he's doing this, this giant spitball comes right through the window. And it's basically a, a warning of, hey, you're gonna you, you're gonna be sacrificing one of your own tonight. So Mark and Linda, they then go back in the treasure cove, and they go into the John Elway Memorial Park, and they go in there and they see some kids that are right there next to the statue. And they even look at one of the kids, and it's Kenny. And Kenny is dead. And we get this great line where they're like, Oh my gosh, this child yeah. is dead. The bastards. Yeah. Oh, it was such a good way to do that joke. Yeah, I really liked it. So, they then attempt to get the book, but they get caught by the kids in Treasure Cove, and they get taken to the elementary school, and that is where Stan and Kyle are in charge. So Stan then goes into the story, because Mark and Linda, they ask, you know, where are the adults? So Stan goes into the story of what has happened. That long ago, there used to be caregivers. And this was in the before time. And that mm -hmm. they would be there to help provide them. Yeah, the but, provider. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, they did something. Because they used the M word. And they're like, the M word. So they then explained that once they controlled the town, Cartman wanted to be the principal of the school. Well, Stan and Kyle weren't going to go for that, and they wanted to be superintendents of the school, which made Cartman mad, and Cartman just gave up. He left, and he decided to become the mayor. So then they explained that, yes, they do have the phone. But, for them to use the phone, they have to go back to Smiley Town to get the other book, bring the book back, and then when they have both books, then they can use the only working cell phone. So during this, Linda tries to convince Mark that he's doing such a good job talking to the kids, that maybe he can become a father someday. Keep that in mind for a little bit later on. So, Mark, you know, he's going in and, you know, he's trying to explain to the kids real quick that he's got to get to this interview. This is the interview of my life tomorrow. So, he goes with Linda. He tells Linda, go to the car, go to the gas station Go to the car, wait for me there. As soon as I give the kids the other book and I get the call, I'll meet you back here and we'll get the hell out of here. 
So Linda goes to the car and butters. Oh, butters. You mean well. He basically has broken the car down to the point where it is not drivable. So she then sees the other kids in the town, including Cartman, and they basically take her hostage. And then Mark returns back to the school. He has the other book, and now he can use the phone. Well, before he can use the phone, here comes everyone from Smiley Town, and they have Linda hostage. And Carmen even has a little uh, late taser with him, okay. to you know, to shock just in case. Um, so just to kill. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so we go back to the town after the break, and we're sort of at a standstill. We're at a confrontation because uh, Treasure Cove has both of the books, but Smiley Town has Mark's wife. So they all go to the John Elway Memorial Park. Meanwhile, we go to the jail, finally, and all the parents are in this room. And... Here comes a, I, I, I guess a therapist would be the right word for this. Well, definitely. You, you could use the word therapist. The T word. The T. The, the T word. And he uh, talks to them, or he tries to teach them about how to resist the urge of touching kids. And some of them are like, we never touched the kids. He's like, oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on. So he then, for his first class, he brings up a cardboard cutout, and he wants the adults to resist the urge. Well, it's a cutout of Beaver from Leave it to Beaver. So he's like, resist the urge, the sick urge. You don't have to do it. You don't have to. So, as that's going on, we go back to the town, and it's close to the time where somebody has to be sacrificed. And since Treasure Cove has both books, Smiley Town has to sacrifice one of the kids to the provider. And the provider is a John Elway statue. So Carmen quickly decides that Butters is going to be the one that's going to be given to the provider. Poor Butters. So as that's going on, we go back to the jail. And the therapist comes up with a new activity of things to do instead of touching you know, or molesting kids, and they come up with different ideas, like, read a book, go fishing, play catch, watch a movie, and then one person goes, uh, molest your child? No, 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 we don't want that, we want things others to do besides molesting children. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> molest children? <laughs> right. 
uh, play crossword puzzle, play crossword puzzles. So then we go back, and they're about ready to set butters up to be sacrificed to the provider. And, you know, they're about ready, and they bring up the M word again. And Mark and Linda, they're like, well, what's the M word? And they finally say, you know, molested. And they're like, wait a minute. Is this why all the adults in the town are not here? And they basically go into this whole conversation of, yeah, we called the police and said that they did this even though they really didn't. Which... Oh, by the way, is a very big no-no. I, I, I don't have, I don't think we have any kids listening to this, so. Um, so no kids, just do it. It's okay. Oh God, please don't. So, um, Mark and Linda, they're like, you know, you probably miss your parents. You probably miss them. You know, feeding you, cooking you meals, playing with them, and and they're sort of. Feeling sick. Oh, please don't. And they, you know, they're feeling bad about it, and they're starting to like, you know, I miss my parents. So do I. So, so Mark and Linda decide, well, how about this? How about we call the cops, tell them what happened, and they can bring their parents back. And the kids are happy. And Mark goes to Linda, and she's like, Linda, you did so good. You would make fantastic mother and she's like uh come tomorrow i'm gonna have my tubes tied so the next day comes and here's stan kyle and cartman they got a sign holding up for you know the parents welcoming them back and oh look it's mark and linda they came back and mark tells them that you know he made it in time for the interview and he got the job. And he's going to be the manager of a Denny's in Breckenridge. Yay! Because, you know, that's the lifelong dream of all people is to... Uh, that's my dream, that's for sure. Be the, the manager of a Denny's. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know. Although I do have to say, they do have good food. I've never been to them. Oh, my gosh, bro. Oh, I know. Killing me. So Norway doesn't have the good thing. Oh come on, Denny's. Let let's expand the brand of Norway. <laughs> if if anyone in Norway listens to this show, send a registration to Denny's to register to get your own Denny's in Norway. Yes, yeah, So anyway, and then Linda tells the boys that she had her tubes tied. Hooray! Yay! So then the bus comes, and the parents get off. And Fro, this brings up a good case into your argument that was started, I think, in season two, where the adults could be stupider than the kids at times. Yep. Because they all come home, they hug their kids, and they're like, Oh, we're so sorry. We'll never do that again. And the kids are like, uh, okay, yeah. So they're all hugging, and meanwhile, 
Kenny's parents are looking for him. Kenny? Kenny, where are you? We're sorry for what we did. So, all the parents are back, and now they got, you know, the kids and parents are back together, and then Kyle's like, well, what should we do now? And Stan's like, we should build snow igloos. And Carmen's like, snow igloos kick ass. And Mark and Linda just have this shocked look on their face. And that is the end of the wacky molestation adventure. Yep. Alright, so, um, why don't we give our thoughts on this episode and give a score? Sure. Um, I really, 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 I have to sneeze. <gasps> Bless you. Oof. I really, really, really like this episode. Um, there's something, I, I, I think I said this uh, when we recorded this uh, the last time. Right, I before I that, accidentally lost everything. Yes. Yeah, uh, I said, uh, that uh, everything before we get Smiley Town, I can get with us. And mm -hmm. I uh, I stand with that. And I also think that the prison thing is kind of boring and mm -hmm. kind of doesn't really need to be there. Right. Everything else, I love. I love so much that I have to give it a nine and a half. Mm. Nine, 9.5. All right. That is as close to ten you can humanal humanally come. Yeah. I I I I do take half a point off for the intro for being a somewhat slow and and also the prison thing is kind of unnecessary. Other than that, it's a darn perfect episode. I think this is a good episode. Um, I, I liked the little joke about, you know, Cuba getting democracy in yeah. that time. Um, of course, Fidel Castro has since passed away. Um, this was an interesting story. And they could have gone so many ways that could have made this episode be bad. Especially with the topic, you know, of molestation. Um, but I thought they did a respectable job, really, mm -hmm. for what they did. Um, I'm going to give this an 8. And, and I guess the only reason why I give this an 8 is... Part of it is because of the ending. Where the parents come back and it's like, oh, we're dumb. Oh, we're sorry. We didn't mean to do it. You know, when, you know, when they didn't even do it. So that, that hurts it a little bit. But other than that, I thought it was a good episode. I mean, it's not a 10, yeah. but it's a good episode. Yeah, for me it's almost the same, uh, and and that's mostly because of all the movie references. Oh gosh, yeah, there's and, so many. Yeah, and I uh, and my love for Children of the Corn, and mm -hmm. I, I mean, the whole episode is a great spoof of of horror movies and 
other kind of movies where, like, for example, uh, what is that called where the kid is on the island alone? What movie is that? Yes, and they uh, create a society. Are you talking Blue Lagoon? Not oh, Blue Logan's Lagoon. Run. Not Logan's um, Run. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. yeah better. Uh, they take a lot of ideas from really uh, good uh, movies mm-hmm. and make it into a really good uh, episode. Yeah. Nine and a half. Alright. Well... While we don't have exactly where the idea of this episode came from, this behind the scenes... to fly! Oh, oh, there we go. This behind the scenes uh, note from the South Park site might give you a little bit of help into where the idea of this episode came from. Originally... Matt and Trey planned to have Cartman build a huge shield that blocked the sun from the side of town he didn't control. But, at the last moment, they discovered that the Simpsons had already done something similar. Uh, should we, I think we should tell people what that episode is in particular. Sure. Because I'm a huge Simpsons fan. I still am. I will probably always be till the day I die. Um, I'm not. I know you're not. That's why we did this show instead of The Simpsons. Plus, there's yep. like 400 less episodes to watch than. The... Oh yeah. <laughs> Real quick, I applaud the people who do uh, any Simpsons podcast. You're talking almost 30 years of material. That's a hell of a lot of work. That really is. Um. Okay. So. The episode, I think it's the end of season five or six. The the seasons, uh, maybe it, maybe it's even the end of season seven. I don't remember. So Mr. Burns, he gets real greedy. I mean greedy, um, because the Springfield School discovers oil, and you know. It's going to make the school better, it's going to help them, and Mr. Burns ends up stealing the oil, and it closes down a couple places, and it leads into the end where Mr. Burns gets shot. And this is where the whole who shot Mr. Burns comes into play, which is a a parody of Dallas with the famous Who Shot J.R. episode. Right. So that whole summer fro, and I remember this vividly, the whole summer they had a contest from 7-Eleven and 1-800-Collect with people trying to figure out who shot Mr. Burns. Yep, I remember that. So the reveal was in the season premiere the following season. And it's a very good episode, by the way. Actually, both those episodes are really good. So if you've never seen this episode, spoilers are coming right now. In the end, it is revealed Maggie was the one who shot Mr. Burns. Uh While probably not 
the most popular choice, when you look back on it, it sort of does make sense. And, and even Mr. Burns says it in the explanation. He's like, I wanted to take it like take a candy from a baby. Which is true, because he did. So, but, you know, that's one of the weird things as a Simpsons fan. And I don't think I've ever heard it that much. I don't think I've ever heard people complain about the ending to that. You know? Never did. Never have. But, that's just me. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm missing a Simpsons society where people are like, Oh, May, Shane, and Mr. Burns, that was the stupidest choice ever. Blah, 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 blah. You know, maybe I'm missing that somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Um, other notes. As Fro has mentioned throughout, there were uh, different references to different movies and shows. Uh, Lord of the Flies was one. Children of the Corn was another. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Logan's Run. Star Trek. Uh, risky business we mentioned. Even Jerry Maguire was mentioned a little bit in this. With uh, the counselor saying, help me help you. In the summer of 2013, fans voted this episode the best episode of season four. Mm, I disagree. I mean, it's a good episode. I mean, we both gave it a very reasonable score. But no way is this the best episode of the season. There's just no way. Um, another reference in this is Spaceman Spiff, which is uh, what Mark called Craig when he was a spaceman earlier is one of Calvin's fantasy characters from the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes. Um, Butters, a.k.a. Professor Chaos's performance, references another of Calvin's fantasy characters, Stupendous Man. Uh -huh. And I believe you told me once that you are a fan of Calvin and Hobbes. I love Calvin and Hobbes. Have you, I'm curious, have you yet to see the picture that I told you about uh, recently of Calvin and Hobbes against Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh? Yes, your son's it. Okay, me. you did see it, good. What did you, who do you think, who do you think would win that fight? Uh, Calvin Hobbes. You think? Yep. I don't know. I, I mean, Winnie the Pooh's got some backup. I mean, you got Tigger, you got I know. Rabbit. Yes. I mean, Rabbit knows how to use a hoe. Um, you got Piglet. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would have been an even fight. Oh, yeah. That would be an even Maybe. fight. All right. Let's get to IMDb. Um, of 1,555 people who have rated this episode... The average rating for this episode is an 8.8, .8, which is pretty good, actually. Well, 572 gave this episode a 10, 459 gave this a 9, 139 gave this episode, oh no, 274 gave this episode an 8, 
And 32 people gave this a 1. Weirdos. Wow. I didn't think it was that bad. Wow. Well, we got a couple of uh, reviews on the IMDb. So, why don't we jump into it? Sure. Our first one is from Gangsta Hippie. Huh. Never heard about that. Gangsta Hippie wrote, Wacky Molestation Adventure is a fairly good South Park episode which references the novel Lord of the Flies. See, even he got the reference. I personally was not a big fan of that book, but it was interesting to see it referenced here. The episode has Kyle's parents not letting him go to a concert with his friends. So Carmen gets the idea for Kyle to call the police and say his parents molested him. Kyle starts having parties and having a good time. The others see this and tell the police all the adults molested them until there are no adults left in South Park. Two people from out of town run out of gas outside South Park and have to use a phone. They see that the place is in ruins and run by children who worship a John Elway statue. It's up to these two people to turn everything back to normal. This was a pretty interesting and good episode, and he gave it 8 stars out of 10. Our other review is from Dan1863Sickles from Troy, New York, who wrote, Early in South Park's career, the laughs often came from a very straightforward parody approach. Usually classic Star Trek episodes were the source. The classic episode is the last time they would dip into Trek for plots. In this case, it is Miri, even more than Lord of the Flies, that inspires the vision of a world of children without adult supervision. Countless small touches make this episode a gem. Note uptight Kyle cutting loose like Tom Cruise in Risky Business dancing to old-time rock and roll. Excuse me. And then watch how they take it beyond parody, going into a hilarious and chilling montage of adults being dragged off in chains while the children stage orgies and dance in their underwear. Notice the way all the boys stretch. Craig is compelling as cool, laid-back spaceman Spiff, while Butters plays the fatuous, unflappable, but vaguely sinister garage mechanic. Cartman is a superb mayor, rattling off cliches with over-the-top intensity. You see what we're dealing with here. Note that when he has the pretty young wife at knife point, he breaks into a chilling battle chant from Children of the Corn. Outlander! We have your woman, Outlander! Butters, yep. <laughs> Butters has to calm him down, but later we see the Golden One make a daring plea for the love of, of John Elway in a savage ritual that has serious homosexual overtones. Take me, Mr. Elway! Stan and Kyle never looked cooler or more dashing than as the Robin Hood-like outlaws who defy the mayor, and Stan's storytelling about the before time raises goosebumps. Listen to the children in the background. Their chanting is truly otherworldly. Last but not least, the young husband's speech. Parents, birth givers, they're your providers. Is pure Star Trek gold. A tribute to just how remarkable Gene Roddenberry's best writers could be. Season 4 was the season where South Park truly changed. 
morphing from rough parody to sustained brilliance. This is how it was in the before time, the long, long ago. And he gave this nine stars out of ten. Good. Mm-hmm. You know, I was gonna I was gonna say this real quick and I thought about it while reading it. And I don't think they made this reference, but I could see this as another reference. And again, this might be over your head because you probably have never seen this uh, special before. <laughs> um, there used to be Easter specials. Yes, folks, there used to be Easter specials. <laughs> um, no, but there was one that we would watch all the time. And it was called The Easter Bunny is Coming to Town Today. And uh, it was done by Rankin Bass, who did Rudolph and Frosty and all those. And Fred Astaire is the narrator. And in the story... Fred Astaire? Fred Astaire, yes. Oh, okay. That's from them. <laughs> so in the story, um, there is a village of kids only. Like, it's only kids. There's no adults. They're just kids. They run this town. And then one day they find this baby bunny. And he's so cute. Okay, sorry. I'm getting into my childhood here. Um, so they adopt him and raise him as one of their own. And even though, you know, rabbits do get into adulthood quicker than children do, uh, he stays. Sonny is his name. And... You know, you should check it out. I know it's not Easter. It won't be Easter for another nine months or so, but you should check it out. The Easter Bunny is coming to town today. He's hipping and hopping your way. All right. Uh, before we lose the oh. audience, usually we would say this is the end of the episode. But, but we have a South Park top ten, <clears throat> and it's uh, the top ten uh, reason uh, why we got a female Doctor Who. <laughs> okay. No. Um. Can I just? I, I'm just gonna say this because I'm not a Doctor Who fan. I have friends. I know, okay. you are a fan. I have friends who are fans of Doctor Who. Why are people acting so bratty that there's a female Doctor Who? I am so happy about that. I am extremely happy about this. Like, when I saw it, I was like, huh, okay. I mean, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but okay, this could be interesting. Yeah. This would be the same reaction. I know we're getting off topic, but we should just talk about this real quick. Because I'm sure we have Doctor Who fans listening, too. Sure. I have a feeling this would be the same reaction, Fro, to if they ever made James Bond black or Hispanic or American or any other thing but British and white. Right. Because there were talks, like, two years ago that James Bond could be black. 
and Idris mm-hmm. Alba would be James Bond. But this was like two years ago. I, I I have a feeling if they ever did that, the backlash would be as bad as this Doctor Who thing. Which I still don't get, folks. I really don't. Why are you upset about this? No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I am super excited. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I am super excited. When does that start, by the way? Uh, the 13th season? I'm not sure. Okay. So all they did was just make the announcement of... Yes, the new that Doctor. the 13th Doctor is going to be female. I, 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 I thought it was kind of funny that it's the 13th. Yeah. So 13 is the uh, unlucky number. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, that could be uh, convinced them, but uh, maybe. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, the 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 list this week that we're gonna do, and this is our last list for season four, um, because we won't do a list until we get to season five. So, if you're if you're expecting one for when we do our movie review in two weeks, it's not gonna happen. So. <laughs> Um, so this is a list, this is from whatculture.com, so we're changing it up a little bit, because the previous, like, three or four have been from What Mojo. so we're going to change it up a little bit, we're going to go to What Culture, and these are the ten most important South Park episodes ever. Um, so like I said, there are two episodes on this list that we have already reviewed. Um, and we're going to go through the list, and we're going to talk about them, maybe pick our personal top choice, or maybe think of another one. Who knows? So, uh, let's get right into it. Number 10, Big Gay Owl's Big Gay Boat Ride. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. When we did that review, way in the beginning. I said this was a very important episode because this was like the first one where they touched on a legitimate topic. This is like the grandfather of topics being touched on on South Park. This is where it begins, that episode. Number nine, it hits the fan. Yeah, remind uh, people like me uh, what this episode is shortly about. Okay, I'll give you the short version, because that's going to be our Season 5 premiere when we get to it. Um, It is the episode where they say the word shit. Oh, yes. Repeat. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. It has to be on the list. How many times? Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Number 8. You're getting old. Mm-hmm. And this is about... Oh, like, Stan starting to have change of what's good and not good. Oh, this is a sad episode. It has the saddest ending ever. Oh, oh. I hate this episode. Oh! Oh! It's so sad. Well, you know, every once in a while you have to have a sad ending to an episode. No. Yes, you do. Look, Simpsons have had it. 
Family Guy's had it. South Park should have it. Mm. Uh, okay. Should we come up with other shows that have probably had it already? Um, Hawaii 05. Hawaii 5 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, was, that was the first show that sort of like hit me in the back because uh, I read some news about it because uh, the two Asian actors on the new uh, new uh, yeah that new show uh, quit. Yeah, I know that man. She was good looking too. I didn't watch it, but holy cow, was she hot. Never seen a single episode of it. Never. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, number seven. Make Love, Not Warcraft. Oh, I really like this one. Oh, this uh, is one of my personal favorites. Yeah, what is it about for uh, people? Uh, it is about the boys playing World of Warcraft, and they keep getting beat by this one guy who basically has no life and except playing World of Warcraft all the time, and... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a good episode. I can't wait till we get to that episode. Oh. Uh, number six. With apologies to Jesse Jackson. <laughs> yes, and what is this about? Um, well, Stan's dad goes on the Wheel of Fortune. And he says that Yeah, he says that word. And... Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this for the record right now. Uh, Fro and I, we've, we've known each other long enough to know that, you know, we would never say that word. I hate that word. Me too. Um, one of my least favorite words of all time. When we get to that episode, that might be the only time we ever say it. Yep. So, but that episode's not for a long time, so. Thank God. Yeah. Number five, Trapped in the Closet. Yep. I just love this episode. Uh, This is about uh, uh, Scientology, Mm -hmm. more or less. Yep. And uh, what they say is the reason why... Chef ended. Allegedly. Allegedly. Although we have said on the show in the past that there, you know, that that story is sort of not true. So. Right. So. Um. All right. Number four. Douche and turd. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh. No, this is not from the last season. It could be. It could be. <laughs> oh my gosh, it could have been. A lot of, a lot of Dushan du- turds talking there, but uh, what is this episode about? Um, well, the school has to decide on a new mascot because apparently being named the Cows is offensive. Yes. I have oh. no clue why. Yeah. Bunch of animal-loving hippies. Um, anyway, so... And everybody that was uh, a vegetarian turned off. 
Okay, I'm not, okay, let me just say, alright, if you're a vegetarian, I respect that. You live your life the way you want to live. But, yeah, I don't, I don't respect you. But don't go preachy on me saying how, oh, oh eating cows is murder. Well, yep. well, everybody's been eating everybody since the beginning of time. Dinosaurs had to eat dinosaurs to survive. You know, come on. You, yeah, you well, don't... it's a it's a stupid conversation. Uh, if you're a vegetarian, uh, you have a lot of money. I don't see people going to Africa protesting in the safari to lions. Don't eat elephants. Don't eat elephants. <laughs> That's a part of life. Yep. I'm I'm gonna calm down. I'm gonna calm down. No, we talk later. Yeah. Get the grip. Get the grip. Eat the seat. <laughs> Folks, when Bill gets worked up, he gets worked up. But... <laughs> All right, let's get going. Let's keep moving. Uh, number three, Terrence and Philip in Not Without My Anus. No. Really? Yeah, I said this the last time we recorded this, uh, this as well. I hate that episode. I didn't think it was a good episode. I, I, I agree with you there. But, as far as importance goes, this is sort of an important episode in the, in the history. I don't agree. Yeah, no, I don't agree. Because, okay, okay, I'll, let me tell you why I think it's an important episode. Sure. Because, and, and, and I, I said it before, I'll say it again. The episode aired... On April Fool's Day. It was going to be the week that they were going to reveal who Cartman's dad was. And you had millions of people who probably were together. There were probably parties waiting to see who it is. And they pull off this prank. And I understand at the time people being very upset about it. I totally understand that. But when you look back at the prank itself, it's one of the smartest things they probably have ever done. It really is. The episode, not that good. The prank, perfect. We agree to disagree. Yep, we do. Alright, number two. Scott Tennerman must die. Oh, how oh, I love this episode. Uh, for people that haven't seen this, uh, uh, Cartman buys a pair of tubes. Mm -hmm. And uh, wants the money in return. Yep. More or less. Yep. This, um, this is the episode where we go from silly Cartman to psychotic Cartman. Yep. And we and never and we never look back after that. Nope. And I love it. And the number one episode, the most important South Park episode of all time according to whatculture.com is Cartoon Wars Part 2. 
This is an important episode. It is uh, It is important in so many ways. Oh, and yeah. I can't wait to talk about it in oh, many, yeah. many seasons. I mean, it's basically the whole fight of the freedom of speech. Not just here in yep. the U.S., but around the world. Yep. You know, I, I and I was thinking about this too. If I had to put one other episode in in this list and I will explain my reason why I would put the very first one in the very first uh, episode I don't I, I, I totally agree because uh, I think the, the first episode should be there because until that time adult cartoons were not like South Park nope because and, and you didn't have that many either I mean you had the Simpsons King of the Hill was still fresh. Uh, the Critic was another one. And while it was aimed towards adults, it didn't have, like, the debauchery and the high school antics and all that. Once South Park came along, it changed the game forever. Hopefully. It really did. So, tell the listeners, what are we doing next week? Well, next week, we are going to wrap up Season 4 of South Park. Woo-hoo! And guess what, Fro? It's a Christmas episode! It is! Yes, we're celebrating oh, Christmas in the summer! Uh, it's too hot to handle. <laughs> Because the episode that we're going to be reviewing is a very crappy Christmas. And then, in two weeks, we are going to do a movie review. We are going to review Cannibal the Musical. Can't wait to talk about it. I I can't wait to see this movie. I want to see how this is. This is going to be very interesting. And then after that, we go right into season five. And one of the things, because we still have time, one of the things I like about season five, and this is going to start to become a trend real soon, the seasons are shorter. Yes. Because... Season 2 was 18 episodes long. Season 3 and Season 4 are 17 episodes long. After that, you get one or two more seasons where it's, it goes past 14 episodes. Mm-hmm. After that, like, the number of episodes go down, and it makes it very fun. It makes it better, I think, so. Oh, it's all fun. So. Um, well, let's do the plugs real quick. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter. We are at SharksPond97. You can join our Facebook group. Uh, just type in Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. And if for some reason you can't find it on Facebook, Click on the link in the description box, and you are right there. And don't forget to check out the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash B 
Bill's World of Podcasts, where you help out not only this show, but many other shows that I do. So, as we said, next week, we conclude Season 4 with a very crappy Christmas. Until next week, for Fro, I'm Bill. We're out.